0: The Exxon Radio Show is heard on radio broadcast affiliates worldwide, including... AM 580 CFRA in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. WPUL AM 1590 in Daytona Beach, Florida. KOHI AM 1610 in St. Helens, Oregon. KHRO AM 1150 in El Paso, Texas. And for more information on becoming a professional broadcast affiliate of the Exxon Radio Show, visit back to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the Talk Star Radio Network, X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and X-Zone TV. Once again, I'd like to welcome our newest affiliate to the X-Zone Broadcast family, KKRP. AM nine fifty Rainbow ninety five in the beautiful state of Oklahoma. If you'd like to give us a call, toll free worldwide one eight hundred six ten seven zero three five. Email Exxon at ExxonRadioTV dot com on MSN Messenger, ExxonRadioTV at Hotmail and our website www dot com. My guest this hour is Joseph Lakehawk. He is a doctoral candidate at Boston University studying religion and society and is the author of Vampires Today, The Truth About Modern Vampirism. And Joseph, welcome to the X-Zone. Joe, are you there? It seems, uh, Joseph, are you there? It seems that we may have lost uh, our, our guest um, hi, Joseph. Are you, are you there?
1: I'm here, yeah. Oh,
0: oh okay. Welcome back. Uh, I, I, technology is great when it works, so I can understand your frustration <laughs> sometimes. Um, how did you where did the interest in vampires come from?
1: Well, it's interesting. Most people uh, have, have seen all the work that I've done on vampires, mm-hmm. and they assume that uh, I must have been some sort of huge uh, vampire fanatic for my whole life. Uh, which actually isn't the the case. I know other uh, scholars where that that definitely is the case, uh, but this was actually sort of a crime of opportunity. I was a high school teacher in Atlanta, and I learned of work being done by a group called the Atlanta Vampire Alliance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I introduced myself to them, and I thought that this would be uh, uh, sort of a good uh, in into this community, and this would make uh, you know a paper that would that would uh, sort of draw attention to to my work as a as a young scholar. Uh, and of course the the paper was originally presented uh at a at a conference on new religious movements mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was a big hit and uh, Prager came up to me afterwards and said uh you know we we would really like you to uh to make this uh, into a book uh because they knew what i didn 't know, which was this whole uh twilight thing <laughs> was pretty big in two thousand and nine uh so they were they were seeking to to sort of capitalize on uh the popular interest in vampires."
0: Joseph, you and I have to take a commercial break, but we will be back in two minutes. Thanks very much for taking time out of your busy day to join us tonight here on the Exxon. Great to be here. Exo Nation, Joseph Laycock is our special guest. He is the author of Vampires Today, The Truth About Modern Vampirism. His website is mm-hmm. http colon forward slash forward slash people dot bu dot edu forward slash J-L-A-Y that's people.bu.edu forward slash J-L-A-Y. And we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break in two minutes as the exome continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And Hamilton is in between the cities of Toronto and Niagara Falls on Lake Ontario. We're smack dab in the middle of the Great Lakes Triangle. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exome. Don't go away. I'm sorry. Why should I care? Please don't bother trying to find her. She's not there. Well, let me tell you about the way she looked,
1: the way she had turned the color of her hair. Her much was soft and cold? When you were young.
0: Uh, Joseph Laycock is our special guest, XO Nation. He is the author of Vampires Today, The Truth About Modern Vampirism. Now, now tell me, Joseph, what is a real vampire, and what types of vampires are there from this community?
1: Well, this is a, a community of people that, that, for a variety of reasons, uh, call themselves vampires. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're using that word in a very specific sense. They don't actually believe that they are uh undead or will burn in the sunlight or, or sparkle in the sunlight or, or anything like that. Uh, and there's a, a few different types of individuals that, that make up this community. On the one hand, you have what are called uh, lifestyle vampires. And these are probably the easiest to spot. You may have seen one. Uh, they, they tend to wear uh, Victorian clothing, mm-hmm. um, prosthetic fangs, contact lenses. Um, and some of them may take this very, very seriously. They may uh, There are even cases of people... Uh, sleeping in coffins and, and things like this. Uh, but at the end of the day, they say this is just a lifestyle choice that I'm, I'm very passionate about. Um, these are people that sort of admire and want to emulate uh, the image of the vampire. Uh, then you have people that are, quote-unquote, real vampires. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference is that a, a someone who describes himself as a real vampire says, this is not a lifestyle choice. I didn't choose to be this way. Uh, I was essentially born this way. And, and most of them will say what makes them a vampire is that uh, to maintain their health, and that's defined broadly as uh, mental, physical, and spiritual health, uh, they have to feed. Uh, and so this this leads us to uh, the two major categories. Within real vampirism, uh, you have individuals that actually drink blood, and these are called uh, sanguinarian vampires within the community. Um, some of them drink animal blood, but usually it is small quantities of, of human blood that has been donated to them. Uh, and then you have the, the more common uh, individuals called psychic vampires. Mm-hmm. And these individuals say that they don't have to drink blood, but that they sort of absorb the, the energy or kind of the life force, if you will, uh, of people around them. And that if they don't get uh, a supply of that energy, that their health will, will gradually deteriorate. So those are the three main types of, of vampires that, that comprise this community
0: are vampires mostly teenagers uh joseph
1: that's that's interesting what a what a the, the assumption is is that this is an internet phenomenon and that most of the people that make up this community are are teenagers and we now have some statistics uh produced by the Atlanta Vampire Alliance that that shows that the majority the, the largest demographic are in fact uh teenagers and many of these people may not think of themselves as vampires in five years or ten years it may be something that they that they grow out of but during the research for this book I met several uh, vampire grandmothers uh, I met people um, in in their 40s 50s from from all walks of life with all different degrees of, of education that uh, identify as vampires and in some cases have since the 1970s or, or earlier so while there are a lot of teenagers in this community uh, it is not just a teen phenomenon. It appears to be here to stay.
0: What do what would a grandmother get out of being a vampire? Um, are the the people that you've talked to were they born vampires, or was this something that, for some unknown reason, they wanted to do? And what kind of social sociological benefit would being a vampire have to anyone?
1: Right. Well, this all depends on on sort of how you look at it. If you look at it as an outsider. Uh, then you you immediately start to jump to sort of psychological theories mm-hmm. of you know were these people abused? Uh, is this why they have come to identify as a vampire? Do they feel alienated from society? Uh, if you look at it, however, from an insider perspective, they say that you know we were we were born this way, um, and we don't get anything out of it. In fact, I've I've met some vampires that said if they were given the choice, they would prefer to be like everybody else. They don't they don't really like being different. Um, but for vampires, they say this is, this is like a, a race or having a, a medical condition or, or a sexual orientation. It's just part of their uh, identity that they, that they have no control over.
0: Let me ask you this. Would you consider vampirism a cult?
1: Well, th- that's originally why I began studying this group. I'm a religion scholar, mm-hmm. and there has been previous work by religion scholars on this uh, this community. Right. And originally, that's what we assumed, was that this was some sort of uh, religious cult. Uh, and there are um, associations between a vampire community and groups like the Church of Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're interested in vampires, you may also be interested in sort of dark spirituality and, and, and things like this. Um, but what I found when I actually did my research was that, uh, there were plenty of vampires, especially in the South where I was working, that go to church every Sunday and they identify as, as Christians. Um, so for a few of them, they said, you know, vampirism is a, a spiritual path or even a religion to me. Um, uh, but many of them were, you know, uh, members of all different religions, uh, including, uh, atheism. And this is one of the things that I, that I argue in the book is that when someone makes a, a claim that is so different from our everyday reality, like I am a vampire, mm-hmm. we only have a few ways to sort of interpret that. And the two biggest ways that we have are either, well, you're just crazy, you have a mental illness, or this is a religious belief, right? Uh, and so I, I think that we need a, a third way to kind of think about this community as neither dismissing them as mentally ill or interpreting this as a, as a religion, it seems to be. Uh, a third box.
0: Speaking about religion there, there's a little bit of vampirism in Christianity because at the Last Supper didn't Christ make a reference to the drinking of his wine as his blood?
1: That's right and there there have been some very kind of edgy religion scholars that have noted uh, all of the connections between mm-hmm. uh, vampires and of course Jesus who who rises from the, the, the grave. From the grave, right. Uh, it has people drink his, his blood yeah. and this sort of thing. Um, it's interesting. I mean, there, there are references to drinking blood, of course, in many different cultures. Um, and there is some speculation that our idea of vampires uh, is, is basically a combination of, uh, of pagan and shamanic beliefs from Eastern Europe. And that these beliefs uh, were, were changed basically during the, the Dark Ages by the Orthodox uh, Church. And that may be how this element of, of drinking blood uh, became so important in, in vampire stories. So it is possible there's a direct connection between vampire legends and, and Christianity.
0: Count Dracula, Vlad the Impaler,
1: was he really a vampire? If you talk to a Romanian, they will say absolutely not. And this is, this is terribly offensive. Uh, and they say this is exactly like if if we believed that Abraham Lincoln had been a vampire. Um, Vlad the Impaler um, was, of course, had this reputation as being a uh, um, uh, a dictator and mm-hmm. doing anything that was necessary to protect um, Wallachia, his his kingdom from uh, from the Turks. Um, although some historians have said, you know, history is written by the winners, yes. and uh, if uh, if you wanted to discredit a king in, in this day, what you did was you wrote lots of nasty stories about all the awful things uh, that they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so probably some of these stories are, are true and some of them are, uh, are exaggerated. Uh, but when Bram Stoker set out to write his story, uh, Dracula, uh, there were already all of these uh, books in English about uh, Vlad the Impaler and all the horrible things he had done, the impalements, the torture and things like this. Uh, and so he thought that this would be um, an interesting basis to write his book about about vampires.
0: What is it like inside a vampire community?
1: Well, it's it's interesting. Um, there are a lot of kind of different levels of, of participation. So some groups of vampires are uh, more how you would I guess imagine it. They have courts of, of vampires that they attend. And they dress the part in Victorian uh, clothing and leather corsets and and things like this. And they have enormous parties like the Endless Night Festival in in New Orleans. Um, The group that I primarily worked with, though, is the Atlanta Vampire Alliance. And they are almost the the opposite. These are very down-to-earth, studious, hardworking people. And they are almost sort of proud of the fact that they don't go to parties and stay up all night sort of churning out data. Uh, about this community. And and the reason they do that is because they believe that this is not about the way they dress or what parties that they go to, that this is actually a a very serious uh, condition that makes them different from other people, and they they want to study that. Uh, So you you do have vampires that look the part, and then you have people that are nurses, police officers, or live in the suburbs, sit next to you in church, and you would never, ever know uh, that they're a vampire.
0: Is there any physiological or psychological data that would actually um, enhance their belief that vampirism is indeed a condition?
1: Well, the only data we have right now is produced by the community itself uh, Mm -hmm. in this survey by the Atlanta Vampire Alliance, um, which is basically amateur science. Um, Now, they, they did a very... Um, very good job in designing the survey, and they received interviews from a uh, thousand people, a thousand self-identified vampires. So it's it's a significant body of, of data, uh, but it is ultimately um, suspect because it comes from within the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they have said is, you know, if 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 you don't believe our findings, then we challenge you to do your own research. Basically, do do better than than what we have done. Um, And so their preliminary data does show a very high rate of certain diseases like fibromyalgia, uh, migraine headaches, this sort of thing. And they're interested in attracting the attention of recognized scientists that will take this further uh, and and do more detailed, more official uh, research on this community. So it, it remains to be seen if there's anything there.
0: All right, Joseph, please stand by. You and I have to take our commercial break with the news at the bottom of the hour right now. Exonation Nation, Joseph Laycock is our special guest. He is the author of Vampires Today, The Truth About Modern Vampirism. His website is, you got your pen and pencils ready? Okay, great. people.bu.edu forward slash Jay Lay. And we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as the exone continues. Right here on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and Exxon TV. 1-800-610-7035, worldwide toll-free. Email exxon at com And our website, com. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. On MSN Messenger, Xone Radio TV at Hotmail.com. and our website ww.exonradio TV.com. It's all in done. done.
1: done. Everybody is talking at me.
0: I don't hear words are saying only the echoes of my mind People stop and still I can't see their faces only the shadows Joseph Laycock is our special guest. We're talking about vampires this hour, ExoNation. Joseph is the author of Vampires Today, The Truth About Modern Vampirism. And, and Joseph, what is, the, what is the hierarchy in a vampire
1: community? Well, it's, it's interesting. Um, most of the people that are, that are interested in this type of community are, are sort of rebellious and actually very suspicious of, mm-hmm. of hierarchy. Uh, and so this is, there are discussions as, as whether this is actually a, a problem to the community getting organized, that no one sort of wants to accept uh, a leader or a president or, or something like that. Um, however, you have different uh, sort of cultures of, of vampirism uh, throughout the, the country. And so uh, in the South, where I did my research, um, individuals that, that I uh, worked with were very sort of democratic and how they organize themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go out to Los Angeles, uh, no one really cares that you're a vampire. It's not. Uh, it, it doesn't really raise an eyebrow in, uh, in L.A., so the vampires out there are sort of uh, um, anarchic. Uh, there isn't really a, a, an organization uh, at all. And then if you go to uh, New York, New York is kind of the most uh, hierarchical and sort of Baroque uh, vampire culture where you do have sort of tiers of, uh, of, of vampires, and they 'll often use uh, terminology for this, so uh, an elder of course would would indicate mm-hmm. someone that's that 's very high up and has been around for a long time in the community and and has some authority, whereas a, a neonate would, would or a neophyte would would refer to someone uh, that has only sort of recently uh, awakened to become uh, part of this community so there is uh, there is uh, elements there are elements of hierarchy, but there is not sort of a a king of the vampires or or anything like that.
0: How long was your research uh, with the Atlanta Vampire Alliance? And did you ever feel that you were in any danger while you were doing research for your book?
1: It's interesting. There, there have been other people that have uh, uh, tried to uh, uh, sort of uh, break into this community mm-hmm. and, uh, and and do research on it. And these are mostly journalists and they're mostly women. And so if you read books like Piercing the Darkness by Katherine Ramsland, uh, she was a, a journalist, and she took the opposite uh, approach uh, from me, which was that she tried to disguise herself uh, as a as a vampire and sort of blend in in these nightclubs in uh, in New York. Uh, and so the, the women describe um, kind of uh, frightening experiences um, in in clubs, dealing with with strangers wearing fangs and, and things like this. Um, I uh, had experienced nothing like that for a variety of reasons, one of which is um, I'm a man and I, I recognize that people interact with me differently uh, because of that, because of uh, essentially uh, male privilege. Um, and then the other was was that the group I was working with was not primarily interested in going to nightclubs and things like that. I was much more likely to observe vampires uh, debating about what type of uh, uh, methodology they want to use to organize their data, as opposed to watching vampires in a in a nightclub uh, put someone on a flogging rack and flog them. Uh, so I had a very different experience for that reason. Um, in total, um, my my sort of close work with the Atlanta Vampire Alliance, doing uh, observations and interviews, um, lasted about. Uh, 18 months, and I'm still uh, in contact with them. This is a community that I still try to uh, keep up with. Who's
0: Rod Farrell?
1: Rod Farrell uh, was a was a teenager in 1996, and he um, identified as a vampire um, in a fairly delusional way. Um, and he seemed to have been very very gifted, very intelligent, very imaginative, and so he was able to sort of spin these elaborate stories. Mm-hmm. Um, about how he was a, a vampire and had, had lived numerous lives on Earth and had sort of a great destiny involving the end of the world uh, and attracted this sort of coterie of, of other teenagers uh, around him. Um, and unfortunately, his his home life was, was just terrible, um, all sorts of uh, abuse, um, drug addiction, things like this. Uh, and probably because of that, Um, That led to a a situation where he drove to uh, Florida to visit an ex-girlfriend with uh, this this coterie of teenagers uh, and ended up killing uh, the girl's parents. Uh, And this was a a very high-profile case in
0: 1996. Whoops. Are you still there? Did we lose our guest again? Oh, geez, you've got to love Skype. Sometimes it works. And he's back. Okay, sorry about that. Apparently, uh, we lost you there for a second.
1: Ah, John Skype. (laughs) I'm hearing a little bit of an echo on on my end. Are you hearing that as well?
0: Yeah, you're coming across Chattered right now.
1: Maybe I should stop and call again.
0: All right, sure, why don't you do that, and I'll uh, let the listeners know how they can find out more about you on the website while you're doing that. ExoNation, our special guest this hour is Joseph Laycock. Uh, He is a doctoral candidate at Boston University, and uh, he is uh, studying religion and society and is the author of Vampires Today, The Truth About Modern Vampirism. His website is people.bu.edu forward slash J-L-A-Y. All right, there, I see you're back with us, and... um, during your research, did you ever come across someone who you believed or thought might be one of these very old vampires who has gone from life, from life to life, from life to life, and could be very, well, very old?
1: Well, most, most uh, individuals in this community uh, will, will say that you, know, you can't actually be undead or, or immortal um it's gotten to the point where if you were to go onto a vampire forum or or chat room and say that you were a four hundred year old vampire mm-hmm. uh, you would be asked to leave they would say don't don't be silly uh but there are vampires that believe in what they would call uh serial immortality right the the immortality of going um from one reincarnation to another uh and so individuals like uh, uh michelle Ballinger yeah. is a very good example mm-hmm. right she is a uh, uh, many, many things, uh, 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 an artist, a musician, um, a, a writer, uh, and then also a psychic and a, and a vampire. Um, and so with her, uh, group house Keperu, out in, in, Ohio, um, they believe that vampirism is sort of a spiritual path that goes with you from, from life to life. Uh, and that, that being a vampire sort of enables you to recall more mm-hmm. uh, from your previous lives. And that is, in a sense, a, a form of immortality.
0: But you know, there are many people that have the same talents that Michelle have who are not vampires.
1: Right. I, I don't think that they claim a, a monopoly on uh, on having these types mm-hmm. of abilities. In fact, they uh, they specifically say that they, they don't. If you read the Psychic Vampire Codex, which is one of the earliest uh, sort of books of vampire metaphysics written by Michelle Bellanger. She, she, she cautions uh, her audience, who are presumably other vampires, you know, there's, there's lots of other people out there that, that can do these sorts of mm-hmm. things. Uh, and so sometimes the, within the community, they'll use the term awakened uh, in a broader sense to refer not only to vampires, but to people like uh, psychics uh, and, and other sorts of, of people that, that have these types of abilities.
0: What about Susan Walsh, the reporter who disappeared in 1996? Did the vampires get her?
1: Again, this is, this is uh, the same year in which uh, uh, Rod Farrell uh, killed this poor couple down in, in Florida. So this mm-hmm. was really a year of very bad press for the vampire community. Uh, Susan Walsh disappeared. She was doing a story on, on vampires, uh, and so it isn't, it isn't known what, what happened to her. Uh, And there was an article about her uh, just last December on Nancy Grace. It's still an open case. It's not known if she's alive or dead. Uh, My personal theory, though, is that it probably wasn't vampires. Um, Shortly before her disappearance, she had written an article on uh, the Russian mafia and their role in human trafficking in, in New York and had actually named members of the Russian mafia in the story. Uh, so if she disappeared, I, I think that's probably the, the reason and not, uh, because of, of vampires, but it's become sort of a point of, uh, of, uh, sort of mystique, especially for the New York vampires. Um, it's, it's one of these things that, uh, uh, has, has led to kind of conspiracy theories within the community. And, uh, um, if, if you were around at the time that Susan Walls disappeared, that, that gets you a lot of, uh of cachet uh, within the new york vampire community
0: you and i were t- talking before about you know if, if one of these vampires went on to a forum and said that they were 400 years old they'd be they'd be asked to leave the forum but have vampires ever been outed to their community
1: yes they have and and again this is a this depends on what part of the, the country they live in, and so my research was primarily in, uh, in Atlanta, in Atlanta yeah. which is the Bible Belt. Uh, and, and there were some interesting connections between the, the real life uh, cases of these vampires living in a, a fairly conservative um, uh, conservative Christian uh, climate, and uh, the show True Blood on HBO, and that you, you don't want your neighbors to know that, that you're a vampire. Uh, so unfortunately there were some cases, uh, there was one, um, where, a, a vampire did an interview with a local, uh, newspaper and unfortunately it was a fairly small town and there were enough details in the article that this basically outed the, the vampire. He was asked to, uh, to leave his church, uh, and to remove his, uh, his children from, a, from a private school they, they attended. Uh, and then more recently the show 2020, um, did a piece on, uh, on, uh, vampires and this led to uh, um, vampires being outed again mm-hmm. uh, and one of them uh, was actually uh, received basically a, a demotion uh, in his, his job uh, in, in law enforcement over this, um, which is troubling because I, I, you know, if, if we are a meritocracy, you should uh, be promoted or demoted based on your, your abilities and not on whatever interests you pursue as a, as a private individual.
0: Why do you think werewolves, vampires, and other – let me see, how should I phrase this and, and, and still be delicate at the same time – and other aspects of the paranormal so captivating to society these days?
1: Well, that's, that's very interesting. Uh, if, if you look at sort of the older stories about these these beings, uh, mm-hmm. they are sort of monsters and they are, they completely live outside of society – and no one would ever want to be one. You're simply uh, afraid of them. Uh, and so I don't think it's that these, these creatures have changed. I think it's that that we have changed, um, that uh, people living today, um, their, their identities are very uh, personal. We don't think of ourselves as mm-hmm. villagers or members of a community anymore. We think of ourselves as, as individuals, and we can go where we want, and we can do what we want, and we can live whatever sort of lifestyle we want. Uh, and so now the vampire suddenly is no longer this, uh, this demonic figure that lives on the outskirts of society. In fact, we kind of uh, sympathize with it, right? The, the vampire has become a symbol of, a, of a rebellion and a sort of individuality and, and the outsider. So I think as we continue to become more sort of alienated and disassociated from others in our community... Uh, the more kind of sympathy we we develop for these creatures.
0: Is there a difference between a vampire and a goth, or are they relatively close to each other, where one just doesn't have anything to do with blood, and the other? What's the difference here? Because you know, a number of people assume that uh, a goth and a vampire are one and the same.
1: Right, and this is actually a somewhat sensitive issue. Of course, the, the, the uh, cartoon South Park dedicated mm-hmm. an entire episode to this uh, and this sort of feud between vampires and, and goths. Uh, so so uh, goth is ultimately a lifestyle. It's about music and clothing and, and this sort of thing. Um, for some vampires, they believe it's a lifestyle, but, but my book is concerned primarily with people who say it's not a lifestyle choice. It's not about the way they dress. Uh, And therefore, they're they're two different things. It's like comparing apples to to oranges. Uh, Now, there are a lot of vampires that are easy to spot because they wear kind of gothic clothing, the the black clothes, the the Victorian styles, and so forth. Uh, But there are also plenty of vampires, again, that you would never uh, spot. They wear jeans and T-shirts and sandals and shop at Walmart and and, and what have you. Uh, And so the Atlanta Vampire Alliance, one of their questions was simply, do you consider yourself goth? And something like 40% of the vampires interviewed said yes, but then 60% said no. So, so a slight majority said, you know, we're we're not goths. Mm-hmm. And I think the Atlanta Vampire Alliance was a little bit pleased by that because they're very interested in showing this isn't about the way you dress. This is about uh, something else.
0: Would you say that it's a lifestyle?
1: Uh, again, there's an insider and outsider perspective. If you're okay. an outsider, then all vampires are... the you know have in mm-hmm. some sense chosen to do this uh, and it's their their lifestyle uh, but if you're an insider it's absolutely not uh, a lifestyle and this this debates or this parallels the the debate um, about uh, the gay community right there are lots of people yeah. that still believe being gay is is a lifestyle uh, but if you if you talk to um, an advocate of the gay community say it's absolutely not a lifestyle, right? That they have no control over their uh, their sexual orientation. So Joseph, there's an interesting st- parallel there.
0: Joseph, stand by you and I have to take our final break. Joseph Laycock is our special guest, Exone Nation. He's the author of Vampires Today, the truth about modern vampirism. And we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Through the Well, the weather suits my clothes Banking off of the north Right, Exo Nation. Joseph Laycock is our special guest. He's, got, he, he's the author of Vampires Today The Truth About Modern Vampirism. His website is www nope I'm sorry. HTTP colon forward slash forward slash people.bu.edu forward slash JLAY. Or you can simply go to Google and uh, Google in Joseph Laycock. It's that simple. Joseph, where is your book available?
1: Well, Prager is an academic uh, publisher, uh, so the, it's, it's only available uh, online, mm-hmm. either through Amazon uh, or through Prager's website. And they, it's, it's pricey, uh, so they sell primarily to, to universities and, and public libraries. Uh, if, you, if you'd like a copy, you can, you can buy your own, or you can just ask your, your local public library to get a copy, uh, and then you can read it, and others can as well.
0: Um, why is the study of vampires so important? Aren't they just weirdos?
1: Well, the, you know, one of the, the important uh, – the reasons that studying religion in general is important is because uh, America is a, is a democratic mm-hmm. society with, with freedom of religion. And we have to find a way to uh, incorporate um, different types of people with different beliefs and, and find a way to, but, to have a harmonious society.
0: But how do we classify and, vampirism as a religion?
1: Well I don't classify vampirism as a religion, but it's important to study for the same reason uh if if you have a neighbor um mm-hmm. that believes uh that that they're a vampire right, we we have to find a way to to be neighbors uh without uh without there being some sort of uh, you know, problem or 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 uh, uh sort of di- disharmony um and so I think that uh vampires are sort of the the kind of canary in the coal mine and that if if they're having problems uh because of their identity mm-hmm. then all of us are uh, are in trouble a good example is this this person who uh got in trouble at at work because he was basically outed by this this uh 2020 piece right if they're firing you for being a vampire then then who is safe right uh can you be fired for uh, liking too many horror movies, or because you are a Civil War reenactor on on the weekend, or something like this, right? So uh, it, it's in the interest of all of us to make sure that the vampires are not unduly harassed for their identity as vampires.
0: So tell me, do they uh, do they like garlic? Are they afraid of a silver bullet? And what about the old stake right through the heart?
1: Well, of course they'll they'll be the first to point out a stake through the heart will just will kill just about anybody, mm. a vampire True. or human. Uh, Through the the research from the Atlanta Vampire Alliance, uh, they've asked about allergies and things like that. Uh, We haven't found uh, any sort of consistent patterns. So so garlic, silver, it doesn't look like these will be uh, uh, good bets against the the real vampires.
0: Joseph, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been a great uh, hour talking to you and uh, very enlightening when it comes to vampires. Continued success. We look forward to talking to you again in the near future. Thank you very much. All right, Exo Nation, Joseph Laycock has been my guest to this hour. People.bu.edu forward slash J-L-A-Y or just go to Google or any search engine and type in Joseph Laycock Vampires and you'll have all the information you need. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, right here in the Exxon. My name's Rob McConnell. Don't go away.